Hello and welcome to the Leading Line podcast. Um, Chris here, hope you're doing well and staying safe. And we are back with another rip-roaring edition of SWPL Review Action. Review podcast? Review action. I will go with review action. Um, of course, I'm not by myself. I'm joined by Mary Hill's favourite son, uh, Mr Campbell Finlayson. Campbell, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, Chris. Been ready since take one. Unlike yourself, here now on take three, but yeah, we're good to go. <laughs> take, I mean, take three, and I still fumbled it a lot, and I'm probably going to leave it in because there's only so many takes you can do. But um, yeah, uh, good to hear you're doing well, buddy. Um, we are obviously going to talk about the SWPL action from the weekend just past. Um, lots going on. We had a full, well, merely a full card across SWPL one and SWPL two. So, without further ado, let's get straight into it. And let's start. I mean, we could start anywhere on SWPL one. Campbell, I think we said that before we started recording. But let's let's start the, the, the game that everybody could have seen in its entirety, and um, without leaving the comfort of the home. And that was Celtic against Four for Farmington. Celtic two, Four for Farmington two, um, Four for Farmington two up. Um, a goal from London Pollard, really well taken. And then Donna Parsons' incredible goal scoring run continues, her eighth of the season. Did not think I'd be saying that. 2020, weird year, man. Weird year. Um, it looked like Foffer were on course for the victory and um, looked like a pretty good value for it. Uh, and then two very late goals, uh, Chloe Craig and Natalie Ross salvaged a point for Celtic. Um, it looked, to be fair, I was watching the game at halftime, the game I was at, the kind of last few minutes. It looked like Foffer were hanging on a wee bit, but. Um, when they kind of look back in the cold day, they'll be disappointed not to get the victory, Campbell, but a point against Celtic is something they'll be really pleased with, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, for the start-offs, it's a good point for Forford, but I mean, they'll be gutting out of taking off three. It's the same day as you've lost two goals in pretty much about the last two minutes of the game, so it'll be frustrating from that point of view, but again, it's the sort of games where last week I've seen Forford coming away with sort of big defeats, so it'll be keeping teams as close as they are and getting a point. It's definitely steps in the right direction, and it's just been it's been a good season for them really so far, and they've obviously climbed up the table as well after that result. And again, it's another goal just seen for Donna Patterson, which is great for her, unexpected but great. And then London Pollard as well has been a player getting a lot of a lot of, um, a lot of a lot of praise recently. So for her to get a goal as well, it's overall good for Forford, but I think they'll be they'll be annoyed not to take all three points. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the London Pollard finish, why am I struggling so hard to say that properly? London Pollard finish um, was really good. And as you say, she is a player that's getting a lot of chat about her. So, you know, I've seen her a couple of times now. Um, and yeah, there's definitely a, a player in there. She's still obviously very young. I think she's still 16 at the moment. Um, so, yeah. But uh, this point for Forfa, I, I don't know about you, but when I was watching the the end of the game on my phone, Campbell, it just it was like Forfa maybe panicked a little bit, especially when Celtic got that, that first goal back. Yeah, I mean, when you've got that two-goal lead, they always say it's, it's it's not a great lead to have because one goal back and suddenly this team is the one in the ascendancy. And obviously when Celtic scored eight, eight or nine minutes, you're kind of thinking, right, let's hold out. And it does become nervy. It's, it's two sloppy goals I've given away, really, from a defensive point of view. But it's like you'll take the point, but you would be really frustrated in the fact that you haven't been able to hold out for what, in the end, is only two or three minutes. So it's... They did look nervous, I think. I mean, I've only really seen the highlights and wee bits of it at the time on Sunday, but having turned up to my game before for 2 nothing up to then find out they'd thrown it away was a bit surprising, but it's football, I suppose, and these, these things happen at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about the podcast a couple of times before, um, the likes of Forfa Farmington and Spartans in particular, kind of upsetting the, the top end of this, the table this season. I think that has been the first demonstration of that, but... 
this kind of result, they, they obviously lost the Rangers 3-1, but it was only 2-1 and it wasn't until the, the kind of last that embers of the game that the Rangers got the third. Um, obviously a heavy defeat to, to Glasgow City, but I think that was a, a game, as I think I said at the time when I was at it, where it was maybe just that a couple of things didn't go their way and they kind of just lost their way in that particular match. But it's a result they've been threatening for a while, Campbell. Mm-hmm. They've, um, and obviously they've beaten the teams in and around them this season when they've played them. Bar Spartans, obviously, and even that took it was a controversial goal. So, I mean, there's never really been, bar the City game, any match they've been out and no, like getting it in and just saying Rangers and Celtic obviously have hit the headlines with well, the changes they're making, but again, four for have ran both of them really close and as you say, are lucky not to take three points over Celtic. So, they're a side that I don't really expect what knew what we expected from them this season with some of the new players and that coming in, but they're they're having a good season and they hope to keep it that way as, as it continues over well, after the winter break. Yeah, um, absolutely. And I think their game uh, coming up in the, the last weekend before the season against Hibs is going to be really, really a, a really interesting game and a very interesting weekend, but we'll, we'll get to that. Um, in terms of Celtic, Campbell, um, disappointing for them. Obviously, they lost in the opening day to, to Glasgow City, but then defeating Rangers in the in the kind of the last few minutes of that game via penalty at the, the Rangers training centre. They will be disappointed to drop points um, against a team that aren't what they will perceive as one of their, their main rivals. Yeah, I mean, other other than that first defeat, they've they've won pretty much everything. As you're saying, they've been in great form and obviously beat Hibs convincingly a couple of weeks ago there. So for them, I mean, it'll feel like it'll feel like a win when anything does when you're coming back to get a point that late on. But at the same time, in the grand scheme of things, they'll be disappointed because they'll look at it as a winnable game, and that it's, you're at home to a side that in previous years has really struggled. Yes, they've changed. Obviously, they're a stronger side, but they're still one you'd expect to be and around sort of near the bottom half of the table. So Celtic, with the changes again, they've made the world be disappointed. But I think when you're 2-0 down and you're scoring that late, they'll, they'll take it. So at the time, probably felt good for them, but I think afterward they will be disappointed not to take all three points. Yeah, um, I think, as I, as I said at the start there, the, the momentum was certainly with them in those last couple of minutes. And there was a part of me as I was watching it going that if somebody was going to score, even in those dying seconds, it felt like Celtic were going to do that. But... Credit should go to Forfar Farmington because I think they did have that wobble at, at going to one day and they conceded that second goal, but they managed to regroup and, and get that point and that is a really big achievement. I think it's another testament to the kind of growth of the league. Um, let's move on to the other team that we've mentioned in that kind of world of potentially upsetting the, the top end of the table and that's Spartans, who went home to Glasgow City. Um, Glasgow City got the highlights out nice and early, which is always good to see. Um I don't know what you can, but when I was watching the highlights, the thing that struck me was it seemed like Spartans, in the early stages at least, had the best of the chances. I think in particular, a Louise Mason effort that Aaron uh, Clackers did really well to tip over the bar. Yeah, it was a great save, actually. That, that one did stand out. Um, one of these games, I think, was City obviously it's their first game without a few players. It was one Spartans we've seen this season. They're on Celtic close, they've run Rangers close, they've run Hibs close, but they just keep falling out on the wrong side uh, of the result. And it seems that way again on Sunday, where Having got themselves back into the game, they then give away. I mean, the goal they gave away for three-one, pretty much just a bit of bad luck in it. But they're, they're again like for for their team, they're not going to take too many hammerings this season. You would imagine, like maybe in previous years against Alexa City, you've seen that happen. So for Spartans, again, as we've said so often with them this season, they will be positive. But ultimately, when you you don't take your chances, and then against City they will punish you and to come away with nothing, they will be disappointed. But I mean, you look at City's goals as they won a lucky one goal. And another one, a penalty. There's definitely avoidable for Spartan. So there's it's just be a case of sort of clearing up those maybe these wee defensive mistakes, and I'm sure they'll start taking points off. Like to say, Celtic 
and Rangers. Yeah, um, you mentioned the, the two goals either side of, I think maybe City's best goal uh, from Zanetta Vina, a move kind of down the, the left-hand side. Uh, you also mentioned the fact that three players from City have now moved on to Rangers, and we'll, we'll talk about Rangers in a wee bit. But um, how important do you think it is that these players, such as Zanetta Vine, um, people that uh, some of the players that have been there a little bit longer, like Aoife Colville, Lauren Wade, uh, Nicole Robertson's obviously come in as well. How important do you think it is they they have bedded in some of the players and the players that haven't been there quite as long uh, hit the ground running now? It's a real chance for them to step up. I mean, you've looked at City this season and we've seen in a few games, we've picked out the three players that have left us being City's, City's best players in these games. So the fact they're not there is going to make a difference. Um, Dale Eaton, that's a friend of mine, was working with City as well, says, is a net of win, wine, whatever you want, I don't know how you pronounce her name, wine, win, vine, we've heard everything. Um, but uh, she was like, had a great game by all accounts, and that's the sort of thing that's going to is going to make a difference to City. In Europe, they've maybe struggled. Uh, not often enough in the league yet this season to really comment, but the likes of Aoife Coville and Zanetta Wynn have been getting these goals as well. They have been sharing them around. It's not like the City have been reliant totally on Kirsty Howitt when she was there. So there's, they can work on it. And I think Scott Booth will know how to get the best out of these players. Like you see, these ones that have been there for however many months now that are still new, but they're getting used to City's way of playing. And hopefully for them, it'll be a case of they're, they're now settled and they can sort of continue with the left off and not really suffer too much from the departure of the other players. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned the fact that they've been sharing the goals around and I was having a wee look at it actually earlier on today. Um, for something completely unrelated to the podcast, uh, but uh, I think of the of the goals that City have scored so far. If you exclude the three players that moved on, so Sam Kerr, Rachel McLaughlin, and Kirsty Howitt, eight other players have got on the score sheet in SWPL so far this season. So they they do spread the goals about. Um, they also have Kaylin Mickey, who's come uh, come back to Scotland from Patia, and she will definitely help to plug one of those gaps in terms of that that defensive kind of right back slot, Campbell. Yeah, she's obviously with the squad in Prague for for their game tomorrow, but. For Kobe playing also, but coming back into the league action again, she's a player that we've seen at this level with Hibs. She's won, God knows how many cups she won. And her time there, she's been in the Hibs team that's ran City as close as they have in the last few seasons. And she's a player that obviously knows the league, knows Scott Booth, and knows the City team as well. For, well, most of them, obviously. So she shouldn't have any real problems sort of fitting into the team, given she knows the league again. She's got that experience. She will be a really, a really positive player for City coming back and one that, one that I think they need. As you're saying, look at some of the players that have disappeared. She'll be one that can fill in. She can fill in a few positions as well. And overall, should actually do a good job for City. And hopefully she can continue the form of seen at Hibs that got on the move, obviously, out to Sweden. Yeah, I think so. Um, you kind of touched on the Champions League. So we're recording back in our usual slot of a Tuesday night uh, this week. Um, Glasgow City are playing Sparta Prague in the Czech Republic or Czechia. I mean, we still call it Czech Republic, but Czechia, I think, is the... The proper name, we won't get into Eastern European geopolitics. They're, they're, they're playing Sparta Prague in Eastern Europe, Czechia slash Czech Republic. But um, the game's at two o'clock in the afternoon, so another afternoon kickoff. This one's um, not on the telly, Campbell, which is a little bit disappointing. Um, I think we both know that if there was a way for VPSL to get it on, they would have it on because they did that with the, the game against uh, Valour. I've just totally escaped my head as to who City played in the last round. Yeah, Valour. Um, so it's a little bit disappointing that card, but it's uh it's another step up for City. Um, I think the compar the comparison I think a lot of people will make, and I think it's probably a fair one, is Slavia Prague, who were basically head to head with Sparta Prague throughout last season in the league for the title. And Slavia obviously faced Hibs last year in the Champions League and beat them nine two on I quite comfortably. 
it's a it's another step up for City as they go into their tenth season in the last thirty two. It is. They've struggled as we've seen against P Mountain Valour, but it's taken it's taken penalty heroics again to get them through. And I mean, this is a sort of task where it's, it's not the game they would have wanted. And if they had got um, Sparta, you'd have hoped it would have been in in Glasgow. So the fact they're having to go across there isn't great. Won't be an easy game. As you're saying, I think this City team is obviously is better than the Hib side was that we saw last year against Slavia, as you mentioned, and. I think they're slightly above Sparta Pride from what I have since researched. So I think it's a game City will look at. They are favourites and they'll, they'll go over there expecting that they'll come through it, but they'll know it's a tough game. But again, the experience they've had going some of these games, you're going to wait like the likes of who are maybe not as strong a side, but trips to Moscow. It's a long, long journey and City have coped well with it. And they've coped well in previous games as well. Obviously, you get to the likes of the quarterfinals in previous seasons. So I don't think they'll have too many worries. They'll know if they play their own game, they can and should beat them. But it, it won't be an easy game, especially if we're seeing with some of the players they've got missing now and given as well that they're just off the back of that game on Sunday. And then obviously we'll get to the, the huge game they've got coming next week. So it's a big week for City and one that they hope to come through with two wins. But it's certainly not going to be easy. Yeah, I mean, it's something actually that was brought up prior and unfortunately I wasn't able to make it to the, neither of us were actually able to make it to the press conference today ahead of the, the Sparta Pride game. Um, but when we were talking prior to the Villar game, there was a bit of chat around whether City could have a little bit of help with these kind of games. Because um, obviously, as you mentioned, they're set to play, well, they're set to play Rangers um, at this, this coming weekend and they've played times the previous weekend. Um, I'm, I, I, Sparta Prague are, are top of the league, seven wins out of seven, 41 goal scores, three conceded. They, they, are, they will be a good team. Um, I think it will be interesting to see how, oh well, I say it'll be interesting to see because we can't see it. It'll be interesting to follow along and I think Glasgow City have said they're, they're going to try and get highlights out, which is absolute fair play if we get them out, fantastic. Um, but uh, yeah, I think it's going to be tough and I think as, you, as you've as you quite literally mentioned against Piment and Valour, um, it's taken kind of, almost, it's taken everything to get, get through in those two ties and I think it's going to take everything again for this one. But of course, Gamble, we wish them best of luck because we want Scottish women's football to raise a flag, especially with the Champions League changing in the not-too-distant future. And we're not entirely sure how Scotland's going to fare in that one. But yeah, tough tie. Um, but obviously, all the best to Glasgow City. If you listen to this afterwards, then hopefully it's gone well. If you listen to it before, wish them luck too. But it's just cool. But um, let's get back to the SWPL. And um, I'll tell you what, let's, let's take a, a veer away from Glasgow and let's head to Edinburgh. Um, Edinburgh Derby, Hearts against Hibs at Orion. Um, Hearts who have had a pretty uh, tough, let's, let's use the word tough, difficult. It's not been a great start to the season, uh, I think it's, it's fair to say. Um, hosting Hibs. And I I think of all the things I saw on on Sunday in terms of results coming through, because we've already talked about 4 for Farmington and there's another couple we're still going to talk about. I think Hearts won, Hibs nil was probably the one that caught me off guard the most, Campbell. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it's a strange result obviously Hearts is just saying it's been a real tough start this season there's been obviously no wins and all the goals conceded and you're playing against the Hibs team that themselves I suppose are off the bat a couple of bad results from their point of view that they won't be pleased with but you'd still fancy Hibs you look at the squad and you look at the starting 11 in comparison to Hearts you'd be expecting them to win that game fairly comfortably so it then come out with, with nothing especially in the way they've done it is, is a really really is a huge surprise it's a great one for Hearts first of the season obviously and they hope to push on for that but it's it's definitely one that 
I mean, they've obviously believed in it, but I don't think anyone else outside the Hearts camp would have really believed there was anything else coming. And Sunday, and maybe Hibs have been the same. I don't know if I've underestimated them, but going from what I've seen of it, they seem to have a lot of chances and just couldn't have scored. But they'll be disappointed really that having to come through that. It's a real game they should be winning, and one they obviously haven't, but fantastic result for Hearts, and hopefully one that will give them some confidence, make them a bit more competitive over the next few games. Yeah, I mean, I think the goal as well. I mean, the the circumstances around the goal. So, uh, the the only footage I've seen, I think you're the same. Campbell is obviously the minute clip put up by by Hibs women. So it certainly looks like Hibs had chances. Kirsty Morrison hit the post early on, and Charlotte Parker Smith, who I think has had had good moments um, since she's kind of come in uh, this season for Hearts. Uh, I think she had a good game, a couple of good blocks. Um, the lead up to the goal. Colette Kavanagh bring I, I couldn't quite make it who was the Hearts player. It's now it's totally escaped my head. Um, Campbell's are something I think there as well, but it's, it's gone. <laughs> but uh, Colette Kavanagh brings down a, a Hearts player, gets a second yellow card. Now caveat, like that's the angle we've got it at, but it looked it looked pretty much like Colette had kind of gone through the back of the Hearts player. Now if that's not the case, hopefully there'll be something that goes out footage wise. Uh, more than a minute's worth of game for what is a, a really big game in SWPL. Um, does it kind of suggest otherwise? But certainly, I don't know about you, Campbell, but for me, it looked like a second yellow. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, but the angle we've seen, obviously, is the opposite end of the park behind it, but it looks like when, I mean, if you look at where the ball goes after Colette makes the tackle, the, the ball's still in the same direction it was going in the first place. It doesn't look as if she's changed it. So to me, it was the right decision, but. The reaction for the Ebbs players, Rachel Boyle in particular, you, perhaps you did get the ball, but like you say, probably need better angle for it. But from what I'm saying, I think it's probably the right decision. And again, as I say, when you see such like sort of vocal complaints, you maybe think, right, they've got a point. But from what we have seen, and hopefully we'll see more, but it, it looks like the referee's got it right for me. So, yeah, I don't think Hibs can have too many complaints, but maybe end up being proved wrong on that front. Yeah, we will wait and see, maybe. Um, but let's not take away from the fact that Hearts obviously scored. And uh, a really good finish from Paige McAllister. Um, obviously, I'm going from Celtic to get some more game time. Absolutely being a defender, it's, it's been a, we've said tough already, but it has been tough, um, conceding the, the goals that they had up until this point. But uh, we use the word scenes quite a lot. Um, and I think Hearts probably, as you say, it would have been great for them. Not only was it an Edinburgh derby, but Given the start to the season they had, it looked like they really enjoyed that one. Yeah, why not? I mean, a last-minute goal is always great, and when it's a, your first one of the season and the derby win, you're going to be absolutely delighted with it. I think it'll be a game where, as we're saying, maybe not one you can look at and say that Hearts can look at to take points with this, so they come away with all three, and in the manner they've done it, they'll be absolutely buzzing with it, and it's, it's a great result for them, really. There's not much more you can say from, from what we've seen, but... As I say earlier, hopefully it'll be one that kind of helps them push on this season because you don't like to see a team kind of being left to drift at the bottom of the table. No, absolutely not. I, I think it's it's important for the, for both the SWPL leagues that it remains competitive as much as possible top to bottom. So absolute credit to Hearts. Um, for Hibs O'Campbell, they, they won their opening two games, but it's four defeats on the bounce. They, I think we were of the opinion that they would be chasing... Uh, the Rangers Celtic Glasgow City group, but at the moment it feels like they're a, a, few, a wee bit behind. It. I mean, uh, I'm interested to get your thoughts. I was having a wee look at kind of some of the numbers and stuff like that behind it, and um, it, the perception is that they're not scoring goals and taking chances, but they're they've scored 12 goals a season. What struck me 
for, for a team with ambitions to be at the top end tables, the amount of goals they've conceded as well, they've scored as many they've conceded. It just feels like at the moment, at, at either end, it's it's not quite right. I think we talked about it after the Celtic game as well. The goals that Celtic scored were kind of easy. Um, so, yeah, what, what's, what's your thoughts? Hibs have always been a team that, are, that have been solid at the back, and that's, that's obviously helped them in recent years when they've, when they've been the team just in behind City. And going forward, again, obviously, I, I really still don't think they've really replaced Abby Harrison since she left a couple of years ago. And you notice it, I mean, Carla Boyce and Neely Adams will score goals now and then, but I don't they're, they're not prolific scorers at this level, and they're still young. But I think it's, when you've got nothing really going forward, it's just no great, and they're not always playing those two up there either. So it's you're not going to score many goals if you don't have strikers that are playing with confidence. And at the back, I, I don't know what's going on. I mean, Joel Murray, I don't think played in this game from the start, anyways. And you look at it, and but even the likes of Charlotte Potts and Javon Hunter that are there are usually strong enough. So the fact Hibs this year are suddenly letting in goals the way they are, I, I don't know what's going on. I mean, so obviously it's a step up again since the lost. Um, what's the manager's name? Grant Scott. Um, since I've lost him, I mean, Dean Gibson's come in and obviously you're not going to blame Dean. He's just up from, from the academy. But I think that does play a difference because coaching the sort of the women's first team playing at the highest level in the country is a big step up from coaching academies. And it's never easy to come in. You've seen other managers try it maybe at lower levels. So it was a big step for Hibs and maybe not out of his depth. But I think there's still, there's still work to be done for them. They're, they're a squad in transition. But it's a case of how long are they in transition, transition for because they have been for maybe a season or more now, and it's it's one where you don't want to say they're going to fall away, but with the changes happening elsewhere and how sides are performing, it's one where Hibs just need to be careful. And if you're not playing with confidence, then you are going to struggle, and hopefully they don't start to fall away. But the way Forfar have been playing, as you mentioned earlier, it makes Forfar Hibs on Sunday a real intriguing game. Yeah, I mean, I think with Hibs, we've always talked about the fact that they've always had to regenerate their squad um, they obviously lost Jamie Lee Napier and Kaelin Kaelin we get the, the last kind of batch of players to kind of tail off and I think your point about Abby Harrison is a good one because at the end of the day Jamie Lee Napier ended up playing up top because he, he never really had that striker uh, they've obviously got Ailey Adams Ian McCaffrey kind of coming through the system now I think Ailey Adams is really highly rated but she is still very young um, and I think there is that kind of question at the moment is was the ambition to say we're going to push for push for the Champions League places at the moment for Hibs, was that realistic given the, the transition? But then at the same time, you look at some of the players that are still on that team, two of Scotland internationals in midfield, and Amy Muir, Rachel Boyle, experience at the back, as you've mentioned as well. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a funny one. Uh, I'd be certainly one to keep an eye on. over uh, Maybe not over, the, obviously not over the next few weeks, because everyone's going to be on holiday in the next few weeks. But um, yeah, as you mentioned, that Hibs Forfra game is going to be really interesting. Um, let's move on though to the last game of the day and that was Rangers against Motherwell at the Rangers training centre uh, the big kind of news coming out of that one was obviously the debuts for Kirsty Howitt um, Sam Kerr and Rachel McLaughlin uh, Kirsty Howitt getting a hat-trick on debut uh, as did Lizzie and there was also goals for Ballard by uh, Dana Burma from the penalty spot who was never going to let anybody else take that penalty uh, and also a returning Megan Bell um, I think before we get on to the the kind of move of the three players, Campbell. Uh, for me, the big takeaway, I was I was at uh, the Rangers training centre for this game on Sunday. The big takeaway was actually the return of Megan Bell, who I know that we have both talked about, but I know when we did our pre-season predictions, you are particularly excited to see kind of coming back into the fold. 
Yeah, um, obviously picked it out as being one that I looked at as a potential top scorer with the injury coming back. It's it's not easy, but it's probably the best game for her to come back in to get a goal that will help, obviously, confidence-wise. And you're, when you've not been playing, it's tough. So to come into the game and get a goal will be great for her. And for Rangers, obviously, as you've said there, I've mentioned the same. The three new signings are obviously great, but Megan Bell will feel it one too for how long she's been out and when you've got four players like that that are coming in, they're going to make that difference. I think we've picked out Rangers have probably struggled with in the last few weeks where they're lacking something to sort of link middle to front. And I think we had coming in, Kirsty Howitt, obviously, and then even Lizzie Arnott and Zoe Ness in behind again. They've scored plenty and they will score plenty. And it's, it's, it really is a time now, probably the break coming at the wrong time for Rangers. And if a few weeks maybe to sort of get everyone kind of playing together, you'd have seen more results like you saw on Sunday. So it's Megan Bell's definitely one to watch as well. She's not just she's not just the three other uh, three other signings, sorry. And I think Rangers this week and watch obviously a huge game and then again after the break they'll be they'll definitely be a side to watch. And they I mean obviously they'll, they'll have aspirations this season to win the title. They've maybe been a bit below par in games, but there's definitely now you, the players there, they've got the quality to go on and really push for the title this season. Yeah, I mean, I think I remember kind of when the, the signings were announced, there was a bit of chat about Rangers had to make sure they were still in touch. And that's what they are coming into this game against Glasgow City um, at the weekend. Uh, at the game, I mean, for me, in terms of performances, I've seen an SWPL one. Well, let's put it SWPL one because different leagues have different quality levels. But in terms of SWPL one performances I've seen in real life, that was the most complete performance I've seen Um it wasn't so much that what the three players that came in brought themselves. It was the difference they made to the team because you had, for example, Kirsten Rayleigh, who is naturally a bit more of a sitter in midfield, um, kind of passes the ball about and, kind of, and does some of the, the kind of the tackle work. She was able to sit further back because Sam Kerr was there to push on and break into the, like, the forward areas. Whereas when Kirsten was doing it, or when Chelsea Connect, who was, who was out injured on, on Sunday, tries to do it, um, it's maybe not quite their natural game. So I think you saw the benefit of that. And the secondary benefit was obviously having Kirsty Howe up top. As well as bringing goals, she brings running and running and a little bit more running. And then when she's done, she'd run some more. Um, and what that, what that did was it allowed Zoe Ness to drop deep and she was doing the link-up play, as you mentioned. So there was a lot more linkage for them. The, the, the other thing um, was, and I think the thing to mention as well, like Motherwell didn't play badly. <laughs> I, I, I genuinely don't think they did. I thought... Um, they just kind of met a Rangers team that kind of finally kind of put it all together. Uh, but yeah, they then brought on towards the end Rogan Hay, Ballard of I and, and Dana Burman. It was almost like that running just never stopped because they could top it up uh, with 20 minutes to go. Uh, yeah, a really competent conference. Um, after the game, um, I spoke to Lizzie Arnott, who got herself a hat-trick to take her up to four goals this season. And this is her thoughts on the game and kind of how she settled in so far this season. Yeah, it was really good to get um, the win like we did. I think um, we've been saying for a while like we just we need to hit the ground running um, and we needed that. Um, I think it was just a, the time it took just to come together and um, I think like we all just clicked today on the pitch and it was it was really enjoyable. Yeah, you mentioned that. Do you think that today was the first time it's really clicked this season? It, it definitely felt like it just, um, you know, I... I you don't know what it is sometimes it just takes time or um obviously uh, with the new girls coming in like they did really well and it's hard especially because they've not had a lot of time with us but it obviously helps that they've played with each other and some of us have played with them before so it just yeah we were just working well off each other and and like you say it just seemed to click 
Um, hat trick for yourself today. Um, do you want to talk us to the goal? <laughs> yeah, um, obviously it's taken me a while to get on the score sheet um, and that's something that I feel like I, I obviously want to bring to the team so um, I was happy to, to, to get the goals today. Um, obviously, first, uh, good ball in from Megan and it's great to have her back on the pitch obviously after her injury. It's been, I think, about... I think quite a number of months um, so for her that was great and and um, yeah obviously the other two set pieces um, obviously you you want to take those chances um, when you do get the, the set plays obviously they're important so um, we'd, we'd worked on the free kick during the week so it was it was happy to see that come off and then obviously penalty you just I obviously missed them um, well, the keeper saved it against Forfar, so it was important that I put it away. Yeah, I mean, you had me bamboozled with that free kick routine until <laughs> until somebody actually hit it, so you fair, fair play. <laughs> um, in terms of, obviously, your kind of start to the season, you've mentioned, obviously, last week, kind of, was it last week? Well, two weeks yeah. ago now. The goal against Forfar yeah. kind of starting off. How, how do you feel about the start of the season going for you? Yeah, um, obviously, like, something, I, I feel like um, it's just good to be getting minutes because it's been a while, obviously, um, last last season, but also during lockdown. Um, so that's important just to be getting game time. And, and uh, I said, like I said before, I, I want to be adding goals um, for the team. And uh, I'm glad that I've done that the past two games. So hopefully I can continue. So, yeah, Campbell, um, as I said, a comfortable win for Rangers. Uh, obviously, I, I, I'm going to talk about this now, because I think, because it'll probably come up later on as well. We've talked a lot about coverage and how good it is to be able to watch the games. Um, of the SWPL one games this weekend, um, you could watch the Celtic for Farmington game on BBC. You could watch the Rangers game on pay-per-view, uh, if you're willing to pay for that. Hearts Hibs, we've had a minute's worth of highlights and I don't know I don't know about you, Campbell, but trying to figure out who scored and what happened after that Hearts Hibs game was difficult. Um, and then obviously the Rangers game, because there isn't a consolidated highlights package anywhere, there isn't somewhere that, like a sports scene, for example, for women's football at the moment, unless you've paid to watch a game in full or you are a member of RTV, let's be honest, some people are never going to be willing to do that. Um, it's quite hard to watch some of these games um, still. And yes, we know that there's a lot of volunteers involved in women's football. We know that the circumstances, but at the same time, there's lots of volunteers involved in football, lots of places. And some teams are doing a really good job of it. And I, I just think it's a little bit disappointing that we've kind of got to this point in the season and we're still having a little bit of a blackout on some of the some of the biggest games. It's frustrating. I mean, even just looking at the teams there, there's only two I can think of top of my head that are, are giving you a highlights package every week. Others will maybe do it if they're winning or if there's a big decision, but it's frustrating. I mean, they're obviously not going to do it just for us when you're preparing for like, the board and things, but for people that are wanting to see, especially in a time when you can't be at the games, the fact you then can't even see anything is it's frustrating. I mean, a minute from a Derby game where, as you say, you knew nothing about what was happening, the Celtic game, if it isn't on BBC, you're getting updates, fair enough, and then you're getting the goals for Forfar at the end to, you know, David does a good job up there, but again, other than that, you're getting nothing. Rangers, obviously, is, um, as you say, behind sort of Rangers TV, and I mean, you'll get the odd goal here and there, but they're not going to post nine. Motherwell, obviously, since it went to the men's Twitter, it's pretty much has become non-existent, and then Spartans, when they win, it seems to be there, but not always otherwise. Some games there has been, but and then City, obviously, we know City did a great job at it. But it's frustrating when, as you're saying, four good games at the weekend there, and other than one that's live, one that people probably aren't going to pay for for Rangers TV there, 
you're not really able to see anything. It's, it is really frustrating. Obviously, we're out and about at games, so it's not so bad for us then. But people will want to watch these games, and you see folk replying to clubs, tweets, and things where they can't even go and see it. It's frustrating. And you would just, even if it is just a couple of minutes highlight package, it's better than nothing. And you're not even getting that. You can you can sense my frustration for listening to me, and you can also see why folk will be annoyed when all they want to do is see how their team got on at the weekend. Yeah, I, I mean, I think there's there's as much about wider media consciousness is about what the clubs do because I think there are clubs that are doing good work in that respect uh, in terms of getting and getting the stuff out there and as you mentioned an SWPL1 and we'll get to SWPL2 but it actually feels like SWPL2 it's almost easier to research the games at the moment <laughs> if I'm being perfectly honest in terms of the highlights and kind of games that are getting broadcast uh, yeah I think it's just it's a wee annoyance that is cropping up again that after what seemed like a really strong start to the season seems to be tailing off a little bit um, but let's flip that round and take us to our happy place. Happy place, happy place, SWPL1. Because uh, this weekend coming, we have two games live in the telly and you could watch them back to back if you so choose. Um, you've also got uh, Hartsman against Spartans, which isn't on the telly, and Hibs against Forfar, which we've already talked about, the two that's not broadcast live. Um, at half past 12 on the BBC Sports Scotland website with our good pal Stuart Mitchell. Honestly, the coverage on there is excellent uh, I know we slated them a while ago for not doing it at all, but when they do it, they do it well, so continue it. Um, website afterwards, not so much, but live broadcast, good. Um, uh, Motherwell against Celtic, half 12 kickoff. And then the big one, we've already alluded to it, Glasgow City against Rangers, first, get second, um, 10 past four kickoff on BBC Alba. It's, I think this is the game of the season so far, and if you think about what, the impact the result could be. It could be a, a really big game in terms of the shifting landscapes of women's football at the moment. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a huge game when you look at it, obviously, being the last before the break. City have been excellent so far this season. One of them maybe thought there could be could be a struggle with how other teams are moving on, but City have won every game and they've got that three-point lead. They're at home, and if they can make that six before, before um, the break comes, it'll be crucial for them. Rangers... I think the players coming in and Megan Bell coming back, as we've said, there probably comes at the perfect time. But in, term, in terms of this game, not overall for building up momentum, but for going away to City on TV, it's one where there's always a lot of build-up. Hopefully it, it sticks to the build-up and it's not one that ends up being a bit of a, a damp squib. But yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I've not really seen, like I've seen either side actually in the flesh this season, so it'll be good to get to an SWPL one game this weekend. But it's, it's massive and it's one you it makes it even more interesting with the three excited players coming straight back up against their old team already. It's, it's going to make for an entertaining watch, hopefully, and it's one that you're not really sure what to expect. We've seen Rangers like we saw on Sunday. If they play like that, they're going to be a match and better for every single team. But City, obviously, are Glasgow City. And I think a lot could come and become down to how City get on tomorrow. Like, if you go away and you lose the idea of them coming back, and it's, it's going to, you're down a wee bit. But if they can get through in the Champions League and then they're suddenly coming back, they'll have their tails up going into a game. Not in front of their own fans now with no crowd, obviously, but on TV, if you can't get up for that, then you shouldn't be playing a football player. You shouldn't be a footballer, sorry. So I'm looking forward to it and hopefully we're, we're setting up with a good game. Yeah, I think uh, the old adage in, in Women's Football in Scotland League the last few years is City always find a way to win. And I, I think that's the thing that you've got to bear in mind. If you think about... Uh, the Rangers Celtic game, which was really a competitive game, but come full time, Rangers didn't, didn't get the result. And this is this is like their ultimate hurdle. Uh, it's always worth remembering that the jump that Rangers need to make to kind of catch City. 
And obviously, by taking three of their players is, is definitely one way of, of doing that. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I said to you after the game when, it was, when I kind of got in on Sunday that if Rangers play like that, then it, it, they will be very much in with the shout of, of defeating City on Sunday. Um, I think the thing for City is the experience, but I also think that can, that can, as you say, depend on what the events of Wednesday as well. Having Hayley Lauder looks like she's going to be as kind of near to full fitness as she's been for a while is a, is a massive uh, thing for them as well. And I, I just think it's going to be a really interesting encounter. You, you just, you do not rule out Glasgow City. I think that's, that's always the kind of thing you come back to. It's a bit of a cliche. It's kind of the thing you say before every game, but if you remember the start of the year, they obviously lost that game Celtic start of the season, though. I mean, they, they made Celtic look very average, I think it's probably fair to say. So, yeah, I'm really excited for this game. I think I'm going to head there as well. Um, I haven't, as always, when we record the podcast, I haven't seen it yet because I don't know what my working week's done. But um, I, I think that is the, the game uh, that I think people will definitely be talking about this weekend. And I, 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 more than anything else, I hope it's a spectacle that holds up to what I'm sure will be um, uh, a good deal of hype, um, especially when you consider obviously Glasgow City did such a great job of promoting the club and I think you've, we've seen Rangers have really been putting some concerted effort behind not just the playing side of it but the promotion of the team as well so yeah uh, really looking forward to that one but again big games and obviously Motherwell Celtic's a good a good warm up for that one as well but let's move away from SLPL1 um, and let's move away to the to the land where predictions go to die um, SLPL2 and let's start, i tell you what, let's start with a trip to Rugby Park. That's where you were on Sunday, Campbell, for Kilmarnock against Dundee United. Do you want to take us through the game? Um, yeah, I mean, United went great, but they didn't have to be. They didn't have to get to second gear, to be honest. Kilmarnock simply put were awful on Sunday. It was a game, having seen Kelly in previous weeks, where they've come out on top in certain close games and been unlucky in others. And like we always say, they're a team that at the back you really fancy to be, to be solid and they let United get through them far too easily. I mean, United themselves came seemed sort of surprised at just how easy it ended up being on Sunday and 4-0 was a scoreline. I don't think anyone saw coming. Maybe you could have really seen that game going either way beforehand, but it didn't help themselves. I mean, a bit of lucky with the first goal. It's a good corner comes in and then Josh Fletcher kind of flicks it in their own net. But Lauren Reside had been on the post, decided to come off and chase someone that wasn't there. And if she'd stayed there, suddenly it's 0-0 going all the way through this and it would it would probably have been a different game. Um, Kelly then had <laughs> they were awarded a free kick that was at the time kind of the claims were all for it's in the box. The linesman waves his flag, he runs to the corner flag as if to then say it's a penalty. The referee gave the free kick, went and spoke to his linesman, <laughs> didn't he change his mind, and then still gave the free kick. It was even when we had an elevated view, we're kind of saying I think that's probably in the box. Um, <laughs> having seen it back I don't think it is now it, was, it seems to be a good decision from the ref with the pace it was going I mean I've slowed it down to watch it so it was it was tight but it was outside and then within about five minutes of that United have scored again it was a good goal it was a good break away to be fair uh, Jade McLaren cleared it Robin Smith put it away to Neve Guffrey she was back to Jade to went on one of these mental runs that she does through the middle of the park um, she's then put the ball across for Steffi Simpson who came off the bench cut it back and Danny Smith I mean, uh, Robin Smith, sorry, she, she scuffs the shot, but it worked in her favour because Amy Burrows is coming racing across in the opposite direction, misses it, and it's in the net. And then, even then, Kilmarnock were having a lot of pressure, but they weren't doing anything as 
as I say, every week they don't create anything. And if you're not creating goals, you're not creating chances, sorry, you're not going to score goals. And then Danny McGinley came off the bench for after coming back from injury. And again, it was just Kelly give the ball away in the middle of the pitch. Great ball through for Robin Smith. And then it's a goal for 3 0. And then the fourth one as well, it's just a throw in. And she just turns the defence far too easily. And then just takes the ball, bit of a deflection there at the net. But Kelly just, they were really, really disappointing. It's probably the worst they'll have played all season. They had quite a frank discussion, I think, with all the players and some of the coaches well after it, just to probably tell themselves that they need to buck up their idea because it isn't good enough from them. So they don't know that. They've said that too, it's pretty much after the game. I mean, if that's given us a penalty, could it be different? Yes. But then the commander conceded four goals at home, which you kind of do. And I think in the end, United were the better team. They went great. It was, it was far too easy for them, but very, very clinical and a fantastic result for a side that is now suddenly hit a bit of form and climbs up to second. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Campbell, you said if that was given us a penalty, it would have to be inside the box. I think that's my that's my only takeaway from watching the highlights. And again, they were up on Sunday night, which is brilliant um, in terms of getting everything kind of prepped for the podcast. Um, but yeah, uh, disappointing performance from Kelly. But I, I want to talk about Dan McGinley, uh, obviously coming back from injury. And I think when we spoke to um, uh, folk at uh, United earlier on in the season, they were concerned about the big mischief, but obviously made a good start to the season. He's having had to go off injured in that game. And then obviously Aberdeen turned that around to win 4-3. She comes back, scores three goals straight away. And she's scored goals consistently at this kind of top end of SWPL2 level in the past. Um, I don't think it's... And I mean, you can see it with Aberdeen, which we'll talk about towards the end of the podcast. But you cannot underestimate how important it is to have just like a striker. And Dan McGinley is, is that for sure. You could see that. I mean, even when she was older on the pitch, a matter of minutes, I think, really, when she then went and scored. It's a great finish for the first one to get a goal and then obviously scored again. And she was involved in everything. I mean, United going forward, they weren't bad actually on Sunday, to be fair. They've got a lot of players that can sort of interchange in these positions. And when you look at, obviously, Danny's been out, Tammy Harkin's been out, they've got players there that would normally be straight into their team. And you can I mean, you see the difference she's made once she came on. You mentioned the Aberdeen game where United are leading. She came off. They lost it. They had a couple of other games, obviously drawn with Patrick Thistle. They lost to um, Queen's Park. And it's games where usually United had a fancy to come out. And it seemed to be that they were over-reliant on Danny. And then in previous weeks, they've proven that's not the case. They've been getting results, despite not being playing well. Um, Gavin Beath and Graham Hart were saying that it's a full time. That that's two weeks in the trot now. Against Boramir and Kelly, where they haven't played anywhere near the level they can, but they've scored eight goals, conceded just one, and taking six points. And when you're building that momentum up and playing really well and picking up, not playing so well, sorry, but still picking up the point, it is, it's a positive sign for United. And now having Danny back and then just saying, come January, they'll have the likes of Tammy Harkin back as well, they're going to have a really, really strong team. They will be a tough side to beat, and Danny certainly makes a big, big difference to that. And, I was looking forward to seeing them on Sunday. As I said, the last we'd saw them was the um, Patrick Thistle game where it was a good game of football, but United were lacking that clinical edge. And with Danny back and Robin Smith hitting form, they've got that. And I, I can really see them pushing on. and They'll definitely be up there, there and thereabouts at, at the end of the season. Yeah, you mentioned Robin Smith, obviously seventh, her seventh goal of the season as well. So, I mean, she's hit form at the right time, but they've been able to get goals from Kane everywhere. Um, I think only Aberdeen have maybe scored more than so far this season. He says, not actually checking before he opens his mouth. No, Aki's have scored two more than them. Um, but yeah, as you say, got up to second um, with, with that 4 0 win. Um, let's go to the other team you mentioned when you were talking about Dundee United, Partick Thistle. 
who had been on a good run of form, obviously ended Aberdeen's uh, 100% record, and they travelled to Dead and played Birmingham Thistle, and I think this was maybe ranked third or fourth in the results I wasn't particularly expecting, uh, which was Birmingham Thistle 1, Partick Thistle 0. Uh, but watching the highlights back, and again, Thistle get them out nice and quick, which is lovely. Um, doesn't look like Birmingham Thistle were short of opportunities, and actually the goal they scored through Beth McLeod was a really nice kind of team move and a, and a good finish that was it almost caught the cameraman off guard. <laughs> yeah, it was, it, was, it was poor defending, but I mean, it's a fantastic strike to catch on the ball the way she does and find the corner. It was a fantastic goal. And it's a great one for them as well. I mean, obviously, they've beaten St. Johnson in previous weeks and they're making um, Megatland a real tough place to go for them. And they've got some... They were a team that, obviously, they're, they're a good community club and they're one that you maybe looked at and thought they'll they'll maybe struggle with a step up, but with results like that, they're not going to, and they've, they've moved level on points with Kilmarnock now, albeit Kelly have got a game in hand, but they're climbing up that table. No, well, they're climbing up the table points while maybe not pushing as far away as um, obviously the teams above them, but they're picking up more and more points and to keep a clean sheet against a Thistle team that, as you see, have just humped Aberdeen for five. It's fantastic as well, and it's you can moan about Thistle all we want, but like you say, Boromir had chances from what we've seen and look to be a side that they're creating chances in games as well, and now that they're taking them, they will be a tough side to face, and they're at home again next week before the break, against obviously the informed Indy United side, and that'll be another one that should be quite an intriguing game to watch, and hopefully Boromir can continue sort of the form they've got, because they're looking a bit better, looking more solid, as if they're sort of a bit more confident playing at this level, and like you say, Patrick Thistle, they're not a bad side, so to be beating them and keeping a clean sheet, Boromir have to be happy with that one. Yeah, um, and they, they, I mean, they, they all seem very pleased uh, post-match, uh, post-match as well in terms of execu- executing the plan, some good football speak there um, in terms of executing everything that they needed to do. But yeah, and I mean, I think like, let's hold our hands up, Campbell. I think start of the season, we we thought Baramir would, would be struggling. Um, obviously, they're still towards the bottom end of the table now, but I think, especially in the last five games, three wins from those, it just shows that anything can happen this week. So I think full credit. Um, and as I said, a really good goal. Um, and a club I've got a lot of time for in terms of their ethos and what, what they do for women's football in Scotland as well. So I am quite pleased to see them kind of do well. Um, let's move on to the next game. And let's go to uh, Lesser Hamden. Um, still mainly a building site with a football pitch in the middle of it. But uh, Queen's Park against Hamilton Ackies. Um, two and a win for Ackies, two early goals. Um, Dion Brown and then a penalty from Amy Anderson. Aki's putting together a wee run of form just in time for kind of the break, which obviously be a little bit disappointing for them. But um, two early goals, and to be honest with you, the, the highlights that we, we've seen for the game, uh, I think, if I'm being totally honest, the highlights could have stopped after those two goals because it looked like not much happened in the game after that. Mm-hmm. Um, Aki's they've been under par for most of the season, but that's two wins, two clean sheets, and some better football being played. And it seems like maybe turn a corner, you know what, you go and jinx them, obviously, but it's it's more like what you're expecting for them, and they're getting further up that table towards where they want to be again. So it's, it's a great three points when you get two early goals like that, just it, it kind of sets you up for it. And then, like you say, not much else happened. Queen's Park had, at home have been really good this season, so it was one where maybe I could expect a tough task, they've been given it. But when you're coming away with three points away from home, that's all you can really ask for, I suppose, and they'll be, they'll be happy with it. We know what they're like, and they're, they're going to want more, they're going to expect more. 
and that, that's obviously going to be good for the side going forward. You're not wanting to go into games kind of just like lethargic and expecting to win. So Aki's will know they've got a challenge for every game they play, and if they can stick up to their usual high standards with the, the likes of Josie Gia coming in as well, they're a side that you would expect to kind of kick on in the second half of the season. Yeah, I think that's that's a fair shout. I mean, for Queens, they are sitting on thirteen points, kind of middle of the table. How how would do you think they're assessing that they are starting the season going into the final game? I mean, I th- personally, I think they'll be relatively pleased. It'll be good bits and bad bits, but I think mid tables um, better than we were expecting. I think at the start, of the season, especially when you consider how they started the 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 season that never was. Yeah, I mean, they're a side that as you say, they'll be happy overall. They'll be disappointed in the last couple of weeks that they've sort of slipped off after going. There's the four games unbeaten, but giving away Sterling Uni's first point and then losing to St Johnston Hamilton without scoring will annoy them. It will it wouldn't be great for Mark Kirk there, and they'll hope they can change that because their home form especially has been really good this season. They've beaten Dundee United there, as we've seen as well. Teams that are they're going to give them tasks of beating United, they've beaten Kelly. And when you're beating the sides in and around you as such, it's the other sort of games that are going to count, maybe not so much against that you'd expect to be up the top end. Aberdeen have beaten them comfortably as well, but they're a, they'll be pleased. I don't think there's much they can, they can really ask for at the minute. They've just come up, obviously. I know Aberdeen have as well, but Queen's, when you're coming up with that, and in the way that they did as well, it was a very last gasp kind of way against the Hibs under 23s. So they'll, they'll be pleased. There'll be stuff they know they need to work on, but I think overall they'll, they'll be content with, with how they've started the season. Yeah, absolutely. Um I was going to say we move on to the last game, but I've just realised there is a last game. Getting ahead of myself, that's why. <laughs> yeah, sorry, last game. Selling University against Aberdeen. The reason for the hesitation, Campbell, no highlights. We don't have much to talk about other than um, six a win for Aberdeen. Another very comfortable uh, result for them. Hat-trick from Bailey Hutchison. 13 goals already this season. Insane. Um, absolutely insane turnaround. It also goes from Chloe Govar, um, Francesca Ogilvy and Joanne Fraser. I mean, we've talked about Dundee United moving into second, but they are seven points behind Aberdeen. They had that blip against Partick Thistle, but it, it genuinely looks like at the moment it has just been a blip. Yeah, I mean, clearly not right to them when you expect them to beat still in uni, obviously, given how the seasons went, being top against bottom there, but yeah, it's, it's an emphatic win. I mean, some strange type. Look at the, the times of the goals. They were all kind of in wee clumps. But overall, again, when you're, you're picking up three points away from home, regardless of the opposition, is you're going to be happy. And Aberdeen, top of the table, what did you say? One, one defeat, 24 points, my possible 27. I mean, there, there's not really much more they're going to ask for. They'll, they'll still, of course, they'll be looking to push on in the rest of the season and try and extend their lead as much as they can to a stage where they're guaranteed to be one of the two, the top two sides. It's it, it's a long season, and obviously you're seeing United and Hackies in particular beginning to hit form. It would be easy for them, but if Aberdeen, they're a side that seems to play on confidence. Now they've got a lot of young players, but as you mentioned, Bill Hudson, obviously 13 goals. The likes of Ailey Shore as well, Chloe Gover even, and their goals too. They do look an exciting team, and they're one that, I mean, they've got a game against Kelly, obviously, on Sunday that, Rugby part isn't easy to go to, as we always say, but come on, not in great form. I'm going to look at that as another one to try and extend the lead if possible going into the winter break. And if they can do that again, it's like, like we've seen some other teams, maybe the break coming at the wrong time for them. 
but you wouldn't really bang a bit against them coming on in the second half and continuing what's been a fantastic start to the season for them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Southern University, another heavy defeat. They are now eight points behind in the, the relegation spot. They are still recruiting for a head coach. I saw them put a tweet out for it um, today. Um, a little bit worrying for them at the moment because it's hard to it's hard to really gauge at the moment. They're obviously in a bit of flux in terms of who's going to be taking them forward, but they face Hamilton before in the last game for the break, and that won't be any easier than it was when they played them last time. Um, I think it's a very much a case of starting getting to the to this Christmas period and then seeing what the lay of the land is come New Year. Yeah, I mean, obviously there's no relegation this season, so that'll, that'll help them. But it, it also they make you think, look, if we're not chasing teams up, can we get a coach in that we know is going to be here for the long haul? And then can we get players that are going to be here next season, get them playing with each other, get them gelling, so that when it comes to next year, they're more prepared to go on. Because obviously coming down, as we saw, the, it's tough when you're not winning any games in SWPL1, you've come down and then you've been losing again. It's, it's never going to be great for confidence. They got their first point and then, Certainly, haven't they kicked them? Yes, they've had two really tough games against Aki's and Aberdeen, but it's no goal scored in 14 against. Can it? It doesn't help. No one likes to get beat, especially that heavily each weekend. So they'll, they'll look to bounce forward and try and build on it again. As the Aki's is, doesn't get any easier for them on Sunday, but if they can, if they can get these players playing and sort of work out what their best team is and then get a coach that can get everyone sort of working together, hopefully, still will maybe perform a bit better in the second half of the season. And then, as I say, use that as a springboard to try and push up further up the table next year. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's no automatic relegation. There is still a relegation playoff place at the moment, but obviously with the leagues underneath kind of being halted, I, I, I'm struggling to see how it's going to work <laughs> just now. <laughs> Gamble shake his head saying, now you're at it. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, interested to see what happens at Sterling over the, the kind of Christmas, uh, January period. Um, on on terms of fixtures in SWPL2 next weekend, it's a reversi of the fixtures, not last week, but the week before. So uh, Queen's Park, uh, oh, as we know, Glasgow women against St. Johnson was postponed, frozen pitch at New Tinto. Um, and there is a midweek game, St. Johnson are playing Kilmarnock in one of the catch-up fixtures from earlier in the season. Uh, but in terms of next Sunday, uh, Queen's Park are at home to St. Johnson. It's uh, Barmia Thistle are at home to Dundee United. Sterling Uni are playing Hamilton. It's Glasgow Women against Park Thistle and Kelly against Aberdeen. Um, obviously, when we do the podcast, we will talk about them uh, next time. Um, just a couple of things to kind of wrap up. Uh, there's been a kind of uh, uh, a kind of a letter doing the rounds in terms of the fact that we've talked about this, uh, a little bit. The fact that the leagues underneath aren't playing at the moment. Um, I've retweeted out the letter, so go have a wee read at it and see what you think. I think is my, my best advice to you at the moment. Just a kind of about the fact that there are teams below SWP level that haven't been able to get to action. Well, men's teams have, and they're probably the same level. Um, but go have a read of that and that's for, for my opinion and there was also Player of the Month nominations which Campbell we totally forgot to, uh, about at the start of the podcast but I've remembered now because I was thinking um, and we have four players um, uh, Lisa Robertson from Celtic uh, there's also uh, Laurie Gardner from Motherwell Tegan Browning from Burnham Thistle and Becca McGowan from St Johnson interesting selections um, in terms of the players picked uh, best luck to him in terms of the, the, the options. But um, I, 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 let's be honest, Campbell, uh, when we saw the graphic going up with the four badges and the four shadows, we were a little bit surprised. And then 
when the players that were revealed, I think we were a little bit surprised again. Still surprised now. But <laughs> um, I, I don't know generally what we'll be voting kind of thing either. Like, I don't know how the votes are kind of fully worked for getting to this stage, but I mean, when you've got certain players who've only played two games, others you're only, we'd only see them kind of once, but if you're lucky a month, it's, yeah, it can be confusing, I think, despite players maybe playing well when their teams are then getting beat comfortably, I think, well, how are they still making it in? Not, not going to sit and say the players don't deserve it, because obviously they've been in good form this month, and I've been picked by peers and what have you, but it's, it's always a confusing one, I think, every month, and best of luck to all four, and, Obviously, congratulations to whoever wins it when they do, but yeah, still not really, still not overly sure. I think it's the best way to put it. Yeah, I mean, uh, Lisa Robertson's obviously had a, a good month in November for, for Celtic. Tegenberry's obviously one of Birmingham's rising stars. I think Becky McGowan's, by all accounts, from speaking to people at St. Joyce's, had a really good month, obviously, getting that double against Queen's Park. Uh, and Laurie Gardner was an ever present for Mobile. So, yeah, um, I by go and vote. The, the link will be on the SW website. I know they've tweeted it already. I'm sure they will do it again. And best of luck. It's a fantastic athlete. And as we already have already said, it's voted by coaches and peers. So what do we know? We are just two guys making a podcast. <laughs> um, but uh, for now, I think that wraps up for this week. So Campbell, um, thanks so much as always for coming on, buddy. I hate this, but I never genuinely. What do you want me to say? Like, <laughs> cheers. I know what it is. Um, thank you very much for listening. It's really appreciated as always. Um, until next time, stay safe, and we'll speak again soon. <laughs>